0: I'm Coach on Ruddy, and this is Win the Day with James Whitaker.
1: You're listening to Win the Day with James Whitaker. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Broadcasting from Los Angeles, California. This is the number one podcast to help you win the day every day. Here's your host, James Whitaker. Let's go. Hey, winners, and welcome back to the Win the Day podcast. If this is your first time here, we sit down with some of the world's true changemakers to give you all the tips, tools, and strategies to win the day every day. The quote for this episode comes from UFC fighter Conor McGregor and says, your lack of commitment is an insult to the people who believe in you. Today our special guest is actually the coach of Conor McGregor, a man who has overseen Conor's meteoric rise from apprentice plumber to world champion and one of the most recognized individuals on the planet. This episode is all about failure and how it can help you succeed. Before our guest joins us, I want you to be part of the Win the Day podcast. If you've got a question for me or any of the upcoming guests on our show, simply record an audio message and send it to info at jameswit.com I'll be answering your question during an episode of Win the Day Wednesday, and if it's a question for one of our guests, I'll get that question answered for you during the interview, just like you'll see with two questions we've got from this episode. To find out what guests we've got coming up, join the Win The Day group on Facebook. And again, to submit your question, simply email info at jameswit.com. All of that will be linked in the show notes. Today on the show, we've got the legendary coach, Owen Roddy. Before his coaching career, Owen had a decorated 10-year career as a professional MMA fighter, where he became the undisputed cage contender, world champion, and defended his title three times. Owen is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt under coach John Kavanagh, and along with competing, has been uh, been coaching for more than 18 years. Owen has coached numerous amateur world champions, from kids all the way up to seniors, and at the professional level, he's worked with names like Gunnar Nelson, Adam Lobov, and Leah McCourt. But he's best known as the coach of the UFC's first ever double champion, Conor the Notorious McGregor. Since day one, Owen has been at Connor's side and is credited with being an enormous part of the iconic athlete's success. Aside from his experience as an athlete and coach, Owen is founder of Shadow Fight Goods and owner of SBG Charlestown. If there's one person who knows what it takes to win the battle of the mind and how to turn failure to success, it's this guy. In this episode, Coach Owen Roddy shares what you can do to remain calm and focused under pressure how to stay motivated when times are good, where his team's renowned self-belief comes from, and how he took Conor McGregor from apprentice plumber to sporting superstar. Before we begin, remember that the right bit of inspiration can completely change the trajectory of someone's life. So if there's a friend or loved one out there who needs to hear this episode or could use some help to win the day, share it with them right now. This is a fun one. Let's win the day with coach Owen Roddy. Oh, and great to see you, my friend. Thanks for coming on the Win the Day show.
0: I'm delighted to be on, James. Thanks a lot. Um, excited to have a chat with you and the uh Talk to your listeners about um about
1: my journey. So yeah, let's let's get into it. <laughs> and what a journey it has been. You and I were talking a bit offline. I mean, your career as an athlete, as a coach, as a business owner, as a parent. We can cover all of those things today. And a big shout out to our mutual friend Nina, who connected us as well. Nina, you're doing some amazing things. I might include a link to your TED talk actually in this uh, in this podcast as well because you're doing some great things. But uh, Owen, oh, to kick things off, is is there a particular story or vivid memory that sums up what your life was like growing up?
0: Yeah, no, it was very tough. Uh, well, I suppose I won't say very tough. I came up in a very rough area, um, and I, I grew up in, in a place called Ballymun in Dublin. And uh, back in the eighties, Ballymun was hit by a uh, uh, kind of like a heroin epidemic. Um, there was all flat complexes, and you know a lot of people, you know, out walk, and um, yeah. So, so drugs was was rampant in my area, drugs and crime and stuff like that. I was very, very fortunate to grow up with both parents. Um, my mum and uh, my and dad, you know, they were great. Um my dad out walking, he drove trucks for a living and um, you know, worked every hour he could to to um to provide for me and my 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 siblings. Uh, there's seven of us, seven of us in the family. Um, but you know, I, I had a great childhood. I loved growing up in Ballymoon. It was very exciting, you know, out playing on the road and, and stuff like that. Um, but it was it was you know it was a tough area to grow up and I, obviously I think I think that's why I I went into the kind of career that um that I um I ended up in you know you you had to know how to handle yourself you had to be, you had to be um you had to be tough growing up there so yeah but it was great you know
1: what what was the balance of fun versus necessity when you started to get into that fighting career
0: um you know what so so when you know. I was always interested in martial arts. My my oldest brother, um, Noel, he he done traditional martial arts and he was a brown belt. And I tried traditional martial arts as a kid at, at the age of around twelve, and I done it for a couple of months and I enjoyed it. But um, I I I I started to play uh, football soccer uh, with my local team, and I you know I got pretty good at it, you know. And we played for five or six years. I got player of the year, and I was a good defender and stuff. So I kind of. I followed football for for about six years, and then um, the team that we were on kind of fell apart. And uh, I always wanted to get into um, into martial arts and get into mixed martial arts. So, um, so a friend of mine gave me a D- uh, not a DVD. It would have been a VHS tape. That goes to show.
1: That takes me um, back. H- yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Takes me back. So it was a it was a VHS of UFC one, and uh, it was. It was Hoyce Gracie, um, a small, small lad in a little karate suit, going in and, and, and being able to beat these these huge men. And, you know, people are twice as size. And growing, growing up in Ballymoon, you had to know how to defend yourself. And, um, you know, I, I hung around with a group of lads. And, you know, you, you'd just be fighting a, a, a lot, you know. So I, I said to myself, look, I need to learn how to defend myself. And uh, I went looking for it. And just by chance, I um, I I I was in school, and I was looking in the library in the school, and there was a there was a, a big lad teaching um, teaching jujitsu. And I was like, "This is this is this sport I've been looking to do. Where do you do it?" Went there, went down to the area that he uh, he taught it in, and I, I started I started training from there, and I was hooked within within the first minute. You know, within the first minute, I I can still smell smell the gym. You know, it was an old dingy gym. You know, mixed martial arts or you know cage fighting—it wasn't—it wasn't being done in in Dublin or in Ireland at the time. We were have forced to do it, and it was in this old grimy gym, and it was all the kind of the, the forced the forced mixed martial artists in the country. And I walked in and I, I threw myself in the deep end, and I got beat up <laughs> day in, day out for for a good year. Um, but there was no stopping me, you know. So well, I got good fairly quick, you know. I think I um. I don't know how I got good really quick. I just I just kept turning up, and I think that's it. That's a the big thing, you know. Uh, you just got to keep turning up, and you know, you know, you take your knocks, you take your, your 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 bangs, you take your losses, and you get back up the next day and you do it again. But within a year, I was fighting professionally, you know. So I I, I took it from you know wanting to just learn to defend myself to, you know, I think I could could make a go at this. Yeah, uh, so yeah, within a year I was, I was, I was, I was fighting professionally and and, and giving it my all.
1: What a great transition! I mean, uh, you very much paved the way for MMA in Ireland back in the day, doing all those things. You know, it's a huge credit to you, and obviously, all of the people who have come since then has been great. A lot of people talk about that immigrant mentality, that motivation of not wanting to waste the opportunity and the sacrifices that their family has made, but people don't talk so much about the motivation of people who have come from very difficult upbringings. With with all the athletes who you've worked with now, is there a different mentality and commitment from those people who'd come from very difficult upbringings?
0: Yeah, I I definitely believe there's there's something, they have something extra, you know, Um, and I think it's, you know, the sheer desire to, 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 um, maybe prove themselves. Like for me, it was about proving it to myself that I could do it. You know, I, I, I come from this area that you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to do well. You're not supposed to, you know, do better than your nine to five. And there's nothing wrong with, the, you got to get by whatever where you get by. And I, I don't, I don't knock anybody for doing whatever they do. But, um, you know, it's nearly, it's nearly this, this, um, Doubt in yourself that you can't do it. But for me, it was—I had the hunger. I wanted to prove that I could do it, prove it to myself, and prove it to everybody around me that you know I have the grit and I have the determination. And I've been through—I've been through troubles and, and 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 tough times and hard times, and I've been knocked and bruised and banged and hurt, and I've got back up. And there's nothing that anybody in a cage could do that you know that I that I haven't went through already. Or there's nothing. That anybody can do in business or in in, in in any aspect of my life that I that I haven't overcome already, you know. So and and you, you know what, uh, like the likes of Connor has came from area uh, an area similar to myself on the other side of Dublin, and, and and a lot of a lot of fighters they come from that that background. Um, but when they learn to channel that energy into something positive, um, you know, uh, marvelous things come about, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, a big theme on the show is the most important opinion is how you feel about yourself. And it sounds like, you know, that's obviously what made you very successful as an athlete and as a coach and all the people that you're that you're bringing up. And and speaking of that, the 10 years that you had as a professional MMA fighter, you've been coaching people now for 18 years. What's the difference in the experience of of being a coach versus being an athlete? I su- suppose as an athlete, it's, it's all on you. And as a coach, maybe you're sitting there like, oh, I wish you would just go and do that. And you, you can't control it, which must be frustrating. You literally at times.
0: took the words out of my mouth. You literally <laughs> took the words out of my mouth, you know? So um, combat sports um, and uh, individual sports, I would say, in, in, in general, you know, I think you, you got to be a little bit selfish to do them. You know, uh, team sports, it's a team and you work together and, you know, you, you're all in on it. But, you know, sometimes in, in a team, some people don't pull their weight and, you know, uh, you, you get frustrated or whatever. But to go into an individual sport... It's all on you, but also all the reward you get as well. So there's there's more risk because all those are on you and nobody else. But also when you win, you did it. Now I know you have a team in the background and you know you can't do nothing without your team and your training partners and stuff. But when you walk in that cage, it's on you and you gotta you gotta you gotta pull it out of the bag. And when things ain't going right, you gotta pull it out of the bag and you gotta figure it out. But the reward is 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 um is so good. But then the contrast is when you're coaching, you can only do, and you have. To, it took me a while to get used to this, you can only do your best, and you can only prepare as well as you possibly can and put those hours in outside. But when your guide makes the walk, you've got to let them run free. And you know, you've know got to just hope that the preparation you've put in and the, and the strategies and the plans that you've to put together, you can only hope that it, pulls up, it, it comes out on the night. And it really is a, um, a toss of a coin, you know, because the person on the other side of the cage and his team have done the exact same thing. And there's something I always talk about and I always say is um, the result, you, you have no control over the result. You know, you always focus on, on what's the controllables. You're, you're in control of your preparation. Did you work hard? Did you put the hours in? Did you get up every morning when you're tired and you're sore and you're beat up and you don't want to do it? And you have every excuse not to do, but you still do it. Did you do that? Yes. You know, did you come up with did you look at your opponent and come up with strategies and and a game plan that you think can beat that guy? Yes, you did. When you go in there on the night, you know, we just you just gotta play it out and you gotta let your let your guy do his thing. You can shout advice from the sideline, um, but it's all on them in there. And that 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 was the hardest thing for me. I was like, I let them go, and I'm like. Oh, I wish I could just do it for them, but you—you you can't, you know. But uh, you know I'm—I'm I'm still learning to get used to that, you know. I'm—I'm I'm competitive, so I want to win all the time. And if I'm not in control, it's—it's—it's it's, it's hard for me to uh, to take.
1: Yeah, it's a—it's a crazy game. This fight business does a preparation, and, and obviously not just for the big night, like the big event. It's also that willingness, the will to to train behind the scenes. And when you're doing that, you're walking into a cage you know, to face people and get your ass kicked by some of the best trained, most vicious people from some of the toughest people on the entire planet. Can you share a little bit about that battle of the mind that fighters go through to have the courage, not just on fight night, but also to get in there, to do the training and do the sparring and the reps just day in, day out?
0: You know, it, it is difficult. It's, it's it's very, very difficult to to get up every morning and and go in there and potentially, you know, potentially lose and we lose a lot and I think I think early on I think martial arts <clears throat> especially mix, mixed martial arts you get learn you, you get used to losing very very quickly and I think this is a huge thing that you know in, in all aspects of life you have to learn to lose and you have to learn to l- learn from your mistakes you know I always say <clears throat> you make a mistake you look at the the, the, the mistake you made. You find a solution to that mistake, and you go back at the same situation. You go at it again. Um, mixed martial arts, you you lose an awful lot, and you have to learn to to be okay with that. And you have to trust in in in, in everything that you've you've done in the lead up to fights. Um, trust that you you prepared your best, and you've given it your hundred percent. Um, and then you go in and you roll the dice, you know. For me, in, in camps like or in fight in camps when I used to fight and in camps when I when I coach, I, I give it a hundred percent. I there's there's no stone unturned. I leave my kids for you know three months or whatever it may be. Um, I I focus one hundred percent on the task at hand. I do all my uh, like my due diligence, I watch every fight of 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 the up and coming opponent. I look at flaws that we can potentially um 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 walk on and, mm. and attack. Yeah, you no, know, expose exactly. Um, I look at where I think they might try and expose us. Uh, we come up with strategies. We 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 implement these strategies. We 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 walk these techniques. Blah blah blah. And then and then we 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 finally cultivate this plan. And then we go right. It's been three months. We've done everything that we possibly can. We know we've put it in. Now it's now it's going and put it put it in and put it all on the line. And I think when you do something like that, you can have no regrets and you can face almost anything when you know that you put the walk in prior to prior to the big night or to whatever it may be for, for everyone else, you know.
1: Does the fighter go back and look at all their opponents' fights as well, or do they just leave that in your hands to go and do that?
0: Some 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 like to watch back, some don't. Now uh, you know, for me, I'd like I would like the fighter to um to watch back the fights, or watch back the opponent with us, because we all see something different. And the person that's going in there fighting is 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 as is as is my fighter. And I'll say to him, well, What what would you? What do you think this guy is going to come up with? Where, what, where do you think the, the biggest threats are?" I might see something different, but I'm not fighting. You know, I'm not the one that's going to be in there. My fighter might see certain things oh this guy is you know it comes with this set of skills I might think he comes with a different set of skills but I'm not I'm not going to be the one in there fighting and my fighter needs to go in knowing that he has addressed or we have addressed the, the, the problems that that he sees not you know I'll give my advice on what I see but he has to address everything that he sees and until he's until we address those issues then we don't add anything else in. so but some some fighters well, refuse to watch it because maybe maybe they get nervous. Maybe they think that um, they they don't want to put a huge emphasis on what the opponent is going to come with, and they want to focus on what they're going to bring to the fight. So it's you know it depends on the fighter to to be completely honest. But um, as I said, we try and you know we try and address every issue possible, and then we 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 go in and, and try and get it done. You know.
1: Yeah, what a what an interesting dynamic you have with all of these different people and you mentioned before any individual success is due to the support of people behind the scenes just like you've been enormously Influential on people like Connor and all the other fighters you've worked with. I'm sure there were people for you that were instrumental in helping you with your development as an athlete as well. Uh, you and John Kavanagh, in particular, have been the ones who are most instrumental with Connor McGregor's meteoric rise from apprentice plumber to being, you know, one of the most recognized people on the entire planet today. Uh, take us back to your first meeting with John Kavanagh. What was it about him that, that you respected?
0: So I met John, as I said, when I went down to that gym that first time. Um, down in it was in Colester in Dublin. Um, I met John that day. And John was the only guy that was kind of small, small, similar height to me, similar weight, and um everybody, everybody else was a lot bigger. So I was like, Can I move around with you And John was like, Oh no, no, I'm gonna move around. And thank God I didn't move around with him because he went on the mat and he schooled everyone. And I was like, Oh my god, I, I dodged a bullet, but um, you know what, you know what? Um you know, I, I took from John straight away was his commitment. He was, and his commitment even nowadays, like I, you know, John is my coach and he's been my coach for, you know, 18 years, 20 years. <clears throat> and, and, you know, I, I, I'd i like to think I'll, I'll get to the stage where I'm, I'm as good coach as he is. But there's something that he, he does, you know, and it's something that I've, I, I, I'm trying to implement myself is his commitment. He He doesn't take his eye off the ball he's committed 100% to to coaching he watches every mma show that you can watch he watches every fighter he studies non-stop 24/7 um, and and he gives back to his to his team he's he's always watching watching his his fighters looking at what kind of you know what kind of game games would suit that fighter because what you know in, in, in fighting, um you know your yeah, fighting style is kind of determined by your your attributes or so what kind of body type you have, you know, whether you're fast, slow, whether you're, you know, you're, you're, you're long or long and lean or you're small and stocky and then your personality. Are you a, a, a you know, a, a tinker? Do you sit back and assess the situation and, 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 boy, you know, budge your time and then, then make your attack? Or are you, the aggressor? Do you go forwards? Do you take the risks and, and 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 go all in there? So you know, John is very good at looking at the the the, the fighter, seeing kind of what style they um, that he thinks they might suit and and, and walk there. And, and from day one, um, I, I I was just I was in awe of John, and you know I still am to this day. You know he's he's my coach, and I I I, I am very fond of him. And you know I'm learning a lot, and i I've took a lot from John. And you know now I'm I'm trying to expand on that, you know, and I think that's I think that's um, the the job of a mentor, and you know uh, he 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 gives us the blueprint, and then we underneath and we try to uh, we try to grow and and build on that, you know.
1: Yeah, well, amazing, amazing to hear that. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure John has probably learned a ton from you over the years as well. Uh, what about the what about the moment that you met Connor for the first time? How did that happen? And did anything stand out in particular about his mindset or the energy that he carried?
0: Yeah, so so Connor kind of joined the gym. I remember I remember his first class. I remember walking in, a young, confident young lad. And it was something that just we were all taken back by it because, you know, I'd been fighting for a good few years prior to kind of getting there, and I was a professional and I, you know, I was I was doing very well. But this young kid comes in and he's he's got this just belief in himself. Now you 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 gotta realize that he he could box a bit, like he was a good boxer and he's power in his hands. But he had nothing else, you know, he had no wrestling, he had no kickboxing, he had no jujitsu, no nothing. So he was losing straight away. But every time he lost, he just get up and he still had this belief in himself that he was just the best. And, you know, I was a bit baffled. At first, I thought he was a bit mad. I was like, this, this kid is crazy. He doesn't, know, he doesn't know any jiu-jitsu, no wrestling, no nothing, but thinks he's the best fighter in the world. But, you know, he had this belief in himself. And I think, I think in order to be successful at anything, you know, you've got to back yourself. You've got to believe that you can do it. Because you know, at the start, everyone else thinks you're not going to be able to do it, you know, and you got to prove yourself, you got to prove them wrong, and you got to prove to yourself that you are this person. And you know, you can't do it without putting the work in. And one thing Connor did was, although you know, he thought he was the best in the world from day one, and he, you know, he'd get submitted or he'd get taken down or he'd get kicked, he would just come back up the next day, like I said, and like I did, just keep turning up looking at the situation, looking at looking at um the mistakes you're making and, and 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 you know it's problem solving. How did he catch me this time? What what mistakes did I make? You know, okay, you take notes, okay, I done this, I done that. I'm gonna address them. I'm gonna go back in with you know same person, same, same rule sets, whatever, and try and fix these problems. And Connor done it and he done it quickly and he he did it very, very quickly. But you know, at the end of the day, he was up every day nonstop. So, um, you know, I say he did it quickly, but when you're putting that many hours on the mat, you know, it's probably not that quick. It's just, it's just he put more hours than anyone else. But uh, yeah, that was it. I think his, his confidence was was the big one. You know, I think it grew on all of us as well. We all became a lot, a lot more confident when he was there.
1: People talk about Michael Phelps about how he has these different physical attributes. Was there anything with Connor aside from that unwavering self belief in terms of maybe he recovered faster or he was stronger or just had that precision timing? Was there anything like that for him?
0: Um, you know, yeah, he, he he's got he's got certain attributes like he's got long arms, um, long arms, big hands, um, good timing and stuff. But to be totally honest, I just it was his confidence, it was his it was sheer belief. He couldn't be touched, you know. And you know, once when you fail, when you fail a lot, it's hard to keep getting up and going, I'm the best, I'm the best in the world. Um even, you know, you know, I've I've won and lost in fights, and when you lose in a fight, you know, the old the old doubt kicks in, and you know, you you start to question yourself, you know, am I actually this gorgeous? But as you said previously, and you know, when you learn to fail quickly and um, learn from your failures and, and go straight back at that problem and, uh, and go at it with, with, with a new approach and with your new tools and your new weapons to go straight back at it um, and, and address it again, you will, you will eventually conquer it. And Connor did that. Um, he kept believing in himself, but every time he failed, he looked at the situation. Okay, what am I doing wrong? Okay, I need to fix this. I'll go back at it again. Okay, I failed, let's say in submission. I got submitted in 20 seconds of that round. The next round, I'm I'm, I'm getting to a minute. Oh now now I got through a whole round without being submitted. Oh now the next round now I'm actually being dominant for half of the round. So it's winning these kind of these little battles, you know, uh, and that reinforces your um, yeah, you know, reinforces what you're doing. It gives you that reward, and you strive, strive, strive forward to get it. You know,
1: yeah, it must be a good athlete for you, for you to be someone of the coach of rather than someone who doesn't have that that self belief. And he he has said countless times that you're an enormous part of the success that he's had. How did you help shape him into the fighter and the, and the person that he is today?
0: Yeah, you know, so myself and Connor, we we were sparring partners when we were when when we were young. But just as Connor started coming into, you know, started playing professionally, I, I was I was retiring, you know. I, um, I I had to kind of retire due to injury, so it was, you know, it was a bit of a nightmare. But I'd always been working with where We were both self-paws. Um, I took up the striking coach role um, uh, in John's gym. So me and Connor started working an awful lot together. We were both self-paws. Um, so I would do a lot of pad walk and, we would be working on our kicks, you know, kind of very good hands, but he didn't quite use his kicks as much. So we're working on kicks and knees, and 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 trying to trying to. He was very heavy-handed, so we're trying to come up with these strategies to you know make people think of something else, make them think of your kicks, make them think of your spinning back kicks, and and all your other weapons. And when they take the boy off the ball, we bang them with the big left. And, and you know, we walked countless and countless hours, you know, day in, day out. Hitting pads and moving around and walking together and 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 a relationship just blossomed from there and I, I I I eventually retired and took up the coaching role and before I knew it, Connor was signing for the UFC and he was the first guy in 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 um but well, he wasn't the first guy in Ireland um but he was one of our one of our main guys to, to, to sign for the UFC and uh, it just it just snowballed from there you know and you know I've been with him ever since. Every camp, every every training session, it's been it's been phenomenal. Oh, them. Yeah, you know, I love every minute of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you require, you know, what they say, it takes a village to raise a child. I'm I'm sure when it comes to you know the UFC and these major world championships and things that there's a a big team involved outside of the the three of you. How do you manage the the coaching duties in particular? So there's not too many chefs in the in the kitchen.
0: You know what? We started off when we started off. It, it, there's a huge team now with Connor because he's you know, he's such a huge superstar now. But uh, it started off with just me and John, you know, and um, his sparring partner Arton. And then it, it then it built. Um, we we um, we introduced Sergei, the a wrestling coach, and then then it was us, and then then over time we introduced um, the strength and conditioning, the, the fast, um, Dr. Julian Dolby and and, and Colin Bourne. Uh, they worked on strength and conditioning and, and then now then we introduced the nutritionist and then we've got security and everything. So there's a huge team now, but you know what? Everyone has their role and um, we you know we have regular meetings in camp. Okay, own you know, what are we working on for the striking? what days are we gonna do the striking? And, and then you know I slot in there. And what days are we gonna do, you know, the wrestling Sega would slot in or, or the, the overall MMA or jujitsu or John would slurry in. Um, the strength and condition would be done in the mornings. So Doc and Colin would click it would 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 go in there. We would be uh, checking in with the likes of of Tristan, his nutritionist, to make sure that he's he's hitting the milestones, whether it's the weight is coming down or we're maintaining, or you know, is his energy level toy? Do we need to, you know, introduce more sugars? Is he staying, is his weight staying too void? Do we need to Reduce calories and stuff like that, and then you got security teams to get them back and forth from the from from training, and so it's it's a huge thing. But I think communication is a huge one. We communication sit down, we 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 devise a plan, we, we get a, a good uh, a plan in place, good structure plan, and we all stick by it. We have to be flexible, like everything. You have to be flexible because. Every now and then, a spanner gets thrown in, and we we got to learn to adapt and and, and overcome. Um, so we got to be flexible, and we make decisions quickly uh, and go for it. You know, so it's um, it's it's a big it's a big um, it's a big procedure now. But you know, back in the day, it was just you know t- two coaches, a spanner partner, and Connor traveling around fighting like 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 <laughs> mad things. So yeah, but we've came a long way.
1: <laughs> having having someone with the ego and the ambition that he has, I imagine it would require some type of calming or some way of keeping him balanced and composed. Is that what is that part of your role or is that something you guys are focused on as a team of introducing that calm and that composure to make sure things don't get too out of hand?
0: Um yeah, like I mean, we well, same again, I think it's communication between myself, Connor, the whole team, you know. Um Con- Connor himself is super calm, you know. Although he plays the game of rolling people up and you know tries to get under people's skin, but this this is a very smartly, you know, it can be a very smartly played game, you know. And you know he's very good at getting under people's skin and getting them rolled up and getting them worried. But when it comes to when it comes to on the night or in training or sparring and anything like that, he's very very calm. But if if things you know, things do escalate. It's the same. We 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 regroup, we communicate, and we we figure out, and, and we go again. But um, yeah. So, it, but for Connor, he he's he's super calm, um, all the time. You know,
1: <laughs> that's great. Uh, in in the Aldo fight, you know, the quickest knockout in UFC title fight history. You must have been like, wow, this is incredible. How did you feel seeing that unfold, and how did that change your belief in what was possible for the team?
0: I didn't think, you know, at first I didn't think Connor could get to the UFC. Then he gets to the UFC. I didn't and then I was like, okay, you know, well, if he gets to the UFC, we'll we'll do okay if he gets a win. And then he gets a win, we're like, okay, yeah, you know, we we don't wanna we don't wanna overstep the mark. Coming from this small town, it's 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 like you're, you're not expecting and where I'm coming from and where he came from, you're not expected to do so well. But Connor just kept knocking down the, the barriers and the team started to believe. And you know, he just I I I just had this unbelievable belief in him then as well. And and John did, and we just thought there was nothing he could do. So he beats he beats um uh Fever, Mendez, and then Aldo comes up. And Aldo was the best on the planet, and he's you know, nobody could touch him. But we 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 knew that if if Connor could land on the chin, he would hurt him. Um, you know Connor is so powerful and the fact that Connor was getting under his skin and we knew Aldo was going to come out aggressive and you know you've seen the footage I don't know if you have seen it but if you, if you haven't you should check it out The backstage Connors is like you know he's imitating Aldo coming out fast and Connor's pulling and countering and even myself I said it to um, an interviewer from Ireland I think it was Petey Carroll. I said like you know, Aldo, we believe Aldo's going to come out aggressive and I think he's going to get caught. And, you know, that 12 seconds, it was just, it was unbelievable. It was it was nearly a little bit kind of heartbreaking as well to to, to see the, the 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 champion Aldo get down so quickly. But I knew if, I knew if kind of touched, uh, hit him on the chin, he would either be out or he would be on the road to being out. So, yeah, it was... It was just, and, and, and then, you know, you go from Aldo to, to his next fight. It was just, he just kept breaking down these barriers. And, you know, we got behind him and then the whole country got behind him and then the whole world got behind him. So it's, 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 it's surreal, to be totally honest.
1: Yeah. Speaking of surreal, the road ended up at Floyd Mayweather, you know, regarded as one of the the greatest boxers of all time, certainly an incredible defensive boxer as well. You're coaching, you know, and obviously the spotlight was on you as a striking coach. So you're coaching an MMA fighter against arguably one of the greatest boxers or not arguably, certainly one of, definitely one of the greatest boxers in history. You guys had limited time to prepare for that enormous challenge. Uh, But did that, did the enormous, you know, the, how immense that challenge was, did that Bring out the best in you guys.
0: It definitely brought out the best in us. Um, I forced, you know, I, I had a good few sleepless nights because I was like, right, kind of, you know, you know, there's one thing, you know, going pro boxing, and you know, we'll get you a couple of tune-up fights, and you know, we'll build you up, no, straight in, and that, you know, that's that's what of does, straight in. that you know, the best boxer of our generation, and and there's no doubt about it, he is. But, you know, it definitely brought out the business. You know, I I was all in. Like, and I am all in on every fight, but you know, this was it was always on me for this one. And I really had to try and kind of think outside the box. I didn't want to I didn't want to go in with the same kind of strategy as, you know, be, become a become a traditional boxer at the fight. The best one of the best boxers of all time,
1: yeah. If no professional boxers can touch him, then coming in with that exact same strategy yeah, does not yeah, seem to fair yeah, yeah,
0: well. yeah. You know, so I, you know, we try to come try to think outside the box and try and utilize a lot more switching of the stance because you know, still at the, at, at, at the time, you now we see a lot of boxers switching the stance now, and there has been a few over the years, but um, I was like, maybe if we switch a stance and we, we keep that kind of. That little bit of karate style and, and 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 make them paint different pictures was our was our kind of um our our um our, our kind of motto in there was we paint different pictures and make them give them different looks um you know you know go into your crazy stance and switch your stance and, and and bump off to the side and for and you know what we, we, we did we did amazingly well in the fight you know if you look back on the stats kind of landed more strikes on on um Floyd than anybody, um, we knew we were we were fighting a very tricky opponent, and and I knew myself and uh, that um, Mayweather has the ability to change his own strategies on the fly. He's one of the best boxers in the world to do that. So he'll come in with one one style, and then he'll switch in the, in a round if he needs to. And even we 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 had anticipated that that he would come out and try and outbox Connor. And I t- uh, you know I said Connor, I think you're gonna have the range, and I think you're gonna land on him. And then I says, I think he's gonna come in and he, he he might play a bit of Philly Shell and a bit of counterboxing. I says, but I think if you can get off, get your angles and, and walk the body and walk a little bit, he'll um, you know, he won't know what to do. What we didn't anticipate, which is, you know, this is this is this is life, you know. Sometimes you miss miss something. And we didn't anticipate him trying to walk on or down. So in between the rounds, we're like, okay, Connor, he, he's he's walking you down and he's making you hit the arms and he's trying to drag you into the later rounds and get you tired. Connor was like that and he was like, yeah, I get you. But, you know, I think Connor, knowing that he has that power, he, he wanted to sink one or two more shots and be, get the shots. Mayweather just has the ability to make you miss by a millimeter. And, you know, we talk about being efficient and, you know, Efficiency doing, doing the least amount necessary to achieve your goal. I can make somebody miss me by a mile, but then I have to travel back a mile in order to get my own shot off, or I can make you miss by a millimeter and I have to travel back a millimeter. Is, is that what so they say? Just,
1: don't, don't they say you use more energy to swing and miss rather than if you actually connected?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And but and what, what I'm kind of saying is that even though kind of missed, um, like if I slip a shot and I slip. A good bit, I have to travel back a good bit, but, but Floyd has the ability to make you miss by a millimeter. So now he's he only has to travel back a milli mi, millimeter in order to land on you. And he did this very well, like Connor is, And maybe with the, 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 the bigger gloves, the range might have been off a little bit because Connor is super accurate. But um, you know, he was hitting the gloves and kind and of got tired in the later rounds and, and in the tents, you know, the ref stepped in and and you know what, but I was devastated, you know, I was heartbroken because, you know, I have this belief in Connor that he can do anything, you know what I mean, and for us to to lose there, and we've lost before, but, you know, I just, I just, it was heartbreaking, but you look at the mistakes you made, and I know, I I, I know that I would come in with a better strategy, and we would, we as a team would come in with a better strategy, and if if we had that fight again, we would definitely do a lot better, you know, so that's, that's life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Making mistakes
0: and fix them, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Now, now that it's been almost four years since the Khabib fight, what what would you have done in terms of uh, changing preparation to give yourself a better probability of success with that one?
0: Yeah, I think yeah, uh, as well with that one, we we were too we were too defensive orientated. You know, um, Habib has has a set of skills that are very very, you know, they're very hard to beat. You know, because he hasn't been beaten. But um, and if you play. If you play a guy at his at his game, you know he's got a lot more answers than you than you have. Um, you know we went in worried about the the, the wrestling and, and and coming up with a lot of defensive wrestling strategies. Where where I think maybe if we had have, had have been a little bit more on the focus on the striking and moving and 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 controlling the range a little bit better and you know keeping them keeping it long and circling off the cage and and. and making them shoot from, from distance and failing. And then, then striking, we probably could have done a lot better there. And the same, again, if we got, if we got the opportunity again, if that fight was to ever happen again, I think we'd have the answers for it, you know? Um, but this is, this is life, you know, you, 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 you can't get it right all the time. And you have to accept that, you know, you have to accept that and, and, and learn from your mistakes. And, and and come back and go again and not and not be afraid to go again as well. Some people fail and they're like, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that again. No, I, I failed. I'm, I don't want to fail twice. No, you 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 gotta do it. You gotta you gotta go back at it and you gotta you gotta come in with that new strategy and you might get half of it right the next time. And then the time after that, you'll you, you'll you'll be eighty percent there. And the time after that, you'll get it. You know, and you know, I would. I would love to get any of those foods again, but who knows? You know, who knows what's what's around the corner.
1: Yeah, there's so many parallels, isn't there, with life, business, relationships, fighting, all of this stuff. Uh, you've you've had just incredible, you know, extraordinary experiences in, in your career on the world stage. What was the moment for you that you were involved in where you just pinched yourself and was like, "Wow, I just I can't believe that this is happening. That this is real
0: life." Um, I've I've had that moment, that feeling every moment um through Connor's career. But the, the big one was was when, when Floyd Floyd Mayweather got in the ring. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what am, what are we even doing here? And I was like, hold it, hold it together now. Come on. Come on, we're gonna do this. But I was like, that's Floyd Mayweather. Oh my god. And then you're looking around and you know it's the who's who of 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 actors of you know, just the cream of the crop in the in 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 the crowd, and the the best boxer in their in our generation. And there's me, a guy from from Ballymount, on, <laughs> on, you know, a disadvantaged area on the north side of Dublin. There's Connor from Crumlin, from a very disadvantaged area on the south side of Dublin, and John from from Rathfarnham. And, and, the council area as well. So we're just, these these lads that come from nothing, right? And we're, we're on the world stage in the biggest fight in, in in the last, you know, I don't know how long, one of the biggest fights ever. Um, so yeah, it was one of these moments where I'm like, okay, what do I do here? But you know what I always do? I always fall back on, you know, the effort that I put in, the preparation that I put in, the belief in, in what I do, the belief that I put 100% in, the belief in my, my team, the belief in my, my fighter. And, um, and then same again, I know we prepared. I know he's prepared and ready to go. Let's go in and, and let's go in and, and play, it. put our cards against their cards and, and, and see who gets, who gets the win, you know.
1: Oh, it's so it's so good. You got some great stories. You know, there's so much chatter these days about people like someone who comes from nothing, someone to having it all. Like clearly, it's vastly different where you guys are at now, based on what it was like when you first came in the in the game as an athlete and as a coach. Uh, Is there anything you work on as a team to make sure no one gets complacent and that everyone is is firing on all cylinders, even after all the success you've had?
0: Um, Yeah. Is there anything we work on? You know what? To be totally honest. When when we go into Cap, we we know what it takes, we know what it takes to succeed, you know. And um, it's just it's just reaffirming that, you know, with with the team. We need to we know that look, guys, you know, especially Connors for Connor now. Connor's at the top and everybody wants to, you know, they want to be that guy. So everybody's coming for you. So you need to be, you need to be on your game, because if you let up for a half a second. There's 50 guys behind you that want that spot, you know. So it's just reaffirming and and having that that kind of that that belief in yourself and that aggression. That no, you're not going to let people, um, not going to let somebody come up and think they can take what's yours. You know, probably that comes from you know where I come from and 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 where it kind of comes from. Um, if you want to come take it, well, let's see it. Try and take it, but. You don't get there without what you put in in the beginning. So we look back on on what did it, what did it take for you to get to become that champion? It's seven days a week, twenty four seven, nonstop, one hundred percent commitment on it. And we all do it. Like even Connor in the last last camp left left his wife and kids. You know, very few people will commit on that, and especially with Connor, he doesn't need to do it. But he still did it because he knows what it takes. And then, unfortunately, you know, um, you know, it it breaks his leg and it's, it's a nightmare. But you know, when he wants to come back and go again, it'll he'll do the exact same thing. It'll be 100 commitment, and it'll be 100 percent commitment from the team because we know that the people coming behind us are going to be doing the same. You know.
1: Yeah, that competitive spirit you guys have is is incredible. Uh, we've got some questions now from the Win the Day community. If anyone wants to ask questions of me or people who are upcoming as guests on our show, just email info at jameswitt.com or join the Win the Day group on Facebook. The first question comes from Brandon in Florida who asked, When working with someone like Conor McGregor, what are the things that no one sees or things no one hears about? Far
0: away from social media or a press conference that really makes someone great. What makes that person stand out and achieve things far beyond their means or what anybody else would expect of them? Well, first thing is commitment, one hundred percent commitment to the task at hand. Um, you know, he's this superstar. He is a superstar, and sometimes, you know, you, even you, I, even myself, I forget. Especially when he pulls up in a Rolls Royce with a with a big entourage or whatever, or a security team. But when he goes into that gym. He is a student of the game. He is always willing to learn. Um, and, and like myself, I'm always willing, I'm always open to learning new skills and learning from coaches. So commitment to the task at hand, open-mindedness, um, been willing to take advice from, from, from myself, you know, from, from John, from Sergey, from the strength and conditioning team. So, so those things, commitment, and and being a student at the game, he is he is. Um, oh, and also, you know what? He he, he is a, It's his his atten- attention to detail. Sorry, um, you know, the smallest detail can make it make a huge difference, especially in air sport, and especially in 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 every aspect of life. You know, those fine little details that when we get them right, you know, it opens up everything you know so he'll be like well you know where's your elbow on this and um what angle are you taking on that that, that shot or you know should I be close to his shoulder when I'm forward that or should I be you know all of these little small details some stuff that I would even even forget about so yeah um 100 commitment attention to detail and always be a student
1: yeah you know and it sounds like he is super coachable. You're super coachable based on what the things that you learned from John and then John being super coachable through all the the commitment that he has as well. Like clearly you've got that as this DNA of all of you, which is such a a big part of your success. We have another question from Brett in Queensland in Australia who asked, how do you balance or what's the fine line between that
0: that digging into someone's head, uh, using the ego versus um, having a strong game plan? so so the balance is when the when the cage door closes we implement our game plan and our strategy everything prior to that is is to be honest it's it's entertainment for for the people looking to watch so you know connor is the best at drawn um, drawing the crowd because of because of he uh, because of how he entertains people um, but i will say he doesn't Get emotionally attached. Very, very, very rarely gets emotionally attached in any fight. Um, he'll say all sorts. He'll get his opponents royal up. But when we go backstage, he just laughs, and <laughs> he just says, that's that's hilarious, isn't it? Like look at look at how look at how Aldo's acting. Look, he's losing his mind out there, and he's just laughing <laughs> But when he gets into the cage, you, you, you'll, you'll see this switch. He knows the cage door has closed. And now it's time to do what you said set, set out to do. We know what what our game plan is. Now let's go in and implement it. And he does it, and he does it like no other.
1: Mm, incredible! Uh, you've had you know on this crazy journey that you've had and that you're still on. You've experienced the you know the dizziest of highs and the crushing lows. Is there a particularly dark day that that stands out for you? Because we like to keep it pretty real from a mental health perspective on this on this show.
0: Um, a dark day in regards. Well, you know, for me, you know. Personally, me, my darkest day um for combat, like for for my career was when I was forced to retire. You know, I was a professional fighter. I was on the cusp of um, you know, getting to the UFC. I, I think if I had had one more fight, I'd have, I'd have got signed to the UFC. I I had a fight on a show in, in the UK in Cage Warriors. I fought. Um a guy, uh, Wilson Hayes, who ultimately went on and fought for the UFC belt. He didn't win, but I went and I, I lost a fight, but I gave him a bit too much respect in the fight. And I, you know, I didn't implement my game plan. I lost. But I, I remember a couple of days later, I haven't, you know, I was upset. Obviously, I, I like, you know, if I lose, I'll give myself a week to sulk. And then I'm like, OK, now let's go. You know, you've done your your, your wing and your crying and your moaning. Now it's time to get back on the horse and go again. And then I I, I um I realised I had an injury and I was like I, I I done some research to see if I would get cleared to fight in, in the UFC and if I would get cleared to fight again and it was a high risk um injury and I I I, I had, I had uh, two kids at the time I I was forced to retire so my dreams were shattered I was done I was like what do I do now I was like I I left my job I had a good job when I was eighteen I had apprenticeship and I was I could have done very well over, and I walked, and I walked out. I gave my notice in the job, and I said, "Look, I'm going to be a professional fighter, and I'm going to fight in the cage." And you know, my my boss was like, "You're crazy! Don't do that!" And I did it, and I was on the doorstep, and the you know, I, I um, it, it got taken away from me. So I, I I had to realize that you know, I have to I have to adapt now. Where do, what do I do from here? Do I just go back to 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 you know a uh, nine to five that I don't love, or do I do I move in a different direction and become a full-time coach? And I became a full-time coach. So the biggest negative obviously is 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 losing one um you know one of the goals that I set out to achieve was taken away from me. But then I was, you know, I I I learned to adapt and and improvise and move into another another area and, you know, I became a hugely successful coach, you know. So, you know, where, where one door closes, another one always opens, you know. Yeah, no the fact you,
1: the yeah, the fact that you were open to that, I mean, it's huge. Obviously, your identity was, was there as a, as a fighter and then... Um I actually feel like in life, I've spoken about it on the show a few times before that I feel like in life, we have several moments where it's almost like a rebirth, where we, we enter this this new part of our, our life of something else. And your transition to that now, you know, to coach as well as a business owner, uh, which I want to quickly switch gears and, and chat about your your experience as a business owner. What what excites you the most about the work that you've got on at the moment?
0: Yeah, well, you know, as I said, just talking about evolving, yeah, I think even myself, I think we evolved into different characters over, over our lifetime, you know. And same for some people. Don't don't get too fix fixated on you know the the, the character you are or the, the the person you define yourself as. Like I was a professional fighter and that was my life. I am a professional fighter. Then then I became a you know a high level, of, really really high level coach, mixed martial arts coach. And now <clears throat> as I'm getting older now, I've got a couple of businesses and now I'm becoming into uh, I'm I'm evolving into a a businessman and a business owner. I've got my 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 gym, which is very successful. And SPG Ireland, which is which is toning out lots of new young up and coming fighters, young amateur champions, world champions, and um, young professionals coming through, and it's doing very successful. But I've also moved into um, setting up an equipment company called Shadow Fight Codes. and Shadow Fight Codes is, to be honest, at the moment I'm 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 really I've really fallen in love with it because. You know, I've I, I've been a professional fighter for many years, and I've I've used every bit of equipment, and I've had every injury and knock and bang. And I just look at the equipment that's out there at the moment, and you know, it's below par. So I set up Shadow Fight Goods to improve and innovate on 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 all the equipment that's out there. And I'm 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 becoming a student again. Now I'm a, a business student. Um, you know, it's okay to, to be a beginner. You know, I was a beginner. As a fighter, and I was a beginner as a coach, and now I'm a, a beginner as a businessman, and I'm learning every day, and I'm making all those mistakes, and I'm I'm finding the solution, and I'm I'm, I'm going back at that problem, and and eventually, you know, no problem will will, will outdo me forever. I will I will I will find the solution to every problem for them. I love shadow fight goods, and um, it's 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 my it's my baby at the moment. But also, you know, I've have, I've have, Online MMA programs that I, I, I'm trying to reach out to, to, you know, trying to give people the opportunity to train with me and learn some of my my, my you know martial arts philosophy and and and, and get fit while well doing so. Um, I live in Ireland, so it's you know people can train with me from the US or or from you know Australia or wherever they may be. Um, so now now they have the opportunity to train with me online. Um, they can do it live. Um, or they can do it in pre-recorded training so my NMA fit that launches in, the, in uh, on March 7th and then shadow foicords is 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 selling well and we're we're, we're enjoying what we're doing there so yeah I'm, I'm i'm enjoying i'm enjoying the new challenge you know business is is is, is, is great it's very tricky but um i, I love every aspect of it
1: well, I feel like the apprenticeship you've had as a fighter, as a world champion, you know, is gonna hold you in, in good stead with all that. And speaking yes. of being a beginner, I mean, being a being a parent, I mean, that is, you know, you get no uh, no manual on how to on how to look after children. You just come home from the <laughs> hospital and you're like, how the you know, what the hell am I supposed to do with this?
0: What how do I do? I do- yeah. what do we do with this baby exactly <laughs> oh the
1: stakes at the stakes are very very high when you when you got to look after kids uh how do we teach res- resilience in kids i know so much of the work that you have done and gone through yourself is on resilience how do you how do you give your kids that resilience without them obviously there's a certain degree of experience that you need you've got a life has to kick you on your ass multiple times for you to learn those lessons but is there anything you're particularly focused on as a parent to to teach that resilience in your kids
0: I, you know what? To be told it, it, the the big thing is exposing them to failure. You know, unfortunately, and you know it breaks my heart sometimes. You know, my kids are in sports. They do make, they do martial arts with me. I three girls, and um, I don't particularly, you know, want them to do martial uh, to to do com, uh, mixed martial arts competitively. Tired on the body, and you know, my body's it's a bit broke up. To be honest, there's easier ways. <laughs> um, but if they, if they fell in love with martial arts, um, I would, I would be behind them 100%. And I will be behind them 100% on whatever they do. But my goal as a parent is to expose them to failure. Then teach them to, to look at the failures, look at the, the mistakes they've made, look, look for the solution to those mistakes, and go straight back at that. Like I said previously here. Go straight back at that problem and go again. Um, I think we unfortunately we don't want to see our kids upset, and you know we, we try and keep them away from failure. But it's on the other side of those failures where all the success and all the all all all, all the good stuff is. So that's what I tell my kids, and I, I and I communicate with them. You know, my kids do a uh, um uh, GAA football. It's Irish football, so and, and Horland and stuff like that. The Irish sports over here, so. Um, and they're very competitive, they're tough, and it's very physical. Um, and they, they, you know, they fail a lot. They, they lose the ball, they miss kick. And I, I and I say to them, it's okay, it's okay. You're gonna miss kick hundreds, but you know what? The, mo- the more you miss kick, the more you know. The more times you kick that ball, the more times you're gonna be successful kicking that ball. So don't worry about it. Just look at the problem and and find a solution and go again. Um, and. You know, they're getting there, they're still very young and they get upset, but you know what? Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll stand for them in the long run.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure that example that you're setting for them as a coach and a business owner, you know, that's that's a great example as well. All engines running. Lift off. We
0: have a lift off.
1: Well, let's now move into the Win the Day rocket round. Ten questions for some quick answers. You up for this, Owen? Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God only knows what we're looking at. at yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, let's do it, mate. Number one, what quote inspires you the most?
0: Um, uh, I, I use this quote um, after one of my fights. It's um, if you, uh, when you want to succeed, as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. I think it was Eric Thomas. Eric that said Thomas. It. Yeah. Yes, and you know what? I was in a, I was in a fight years ago, and it was, it was, we were over this UFC going, and it was, um, it was, he, he had me in a full on choke. And I was out. I was, I was about that much away from falling, like going unconscious. But that quote came into my head. That was like, you know, you want to you succeed as, well, as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I held out. I end up winning the fight. So yeah, thank you, Eric Thomas. Shout out, Eric Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: number two, morning coffee or evening wine?
0: I'm on coffee. <laughs> and evening coffee and all coffee any time of the day
1: <laughs> <laughs> number three what's one bit of advice you would give your 18 year old self
0: um, uh, don't be afraid to fail go out there and, and, and fail fail fast fix your mistakes and go again
1: number four is there a book you gift the most
0: oh uh, at the moment it's The Chimp Paradox Chimp Paradox, fantastic book about about um, you know kind of psychology and and you know how you deal with situations and how you control the chimp in you. You know, it's a brilliant book.
1: Is that the chimp riding the elephant metaphor? I think I've I think I've heard about that one before. I remember
0: seeing the presentation? I, I can't think of the name of the the, 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 the author, but um, I'll pass it on. You know what? I, I'll I'll send you one an audio book or an actual book, so we'll chat afterwards, there yeah, and you can have a read. It's an amazing book.
1: Yeah, love it. Uh, number five was there a vulnerability you once hid within that became your superpower?
0: Yeah, you know what? It, I suppose the fear of failure. You know, I I always talk about this fear of failure, and I've said that a million times. But the fear of failure can can paralyze you, you know. And you know, I think when you get over that, and when you when you face that fear, on the other side of it is all the good stuff. So, you know. I, I think if you know if if I if I could my eighteen year old if I could tell him to go out and you know you're afraid to do that go face it you know go face it and 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 see how you're going on I think I think I would be twice the person I am today.
1: <laughs> Number six, what's one thing you've learned about failure? it's such a big theme of, of what we've spoken about today. You know, is your relationship to failure. What's one thing that stands above all else about what you've learned about failure?
0: Um, failure. Is just it's just something that you have to get used to and something you have to deal with in order to succeed. If you don't fail often, one you're not testing yourself. You're not um you're not putting yourself in those stressful situations where you, where your your body and your brain needs to find a solution. You know, some of us we do our best work when we're under under that severe pressure. You know, because your brain wants to back you and it'll do everything in its power to to um, to uh, find a solution, you know. So, yeah. So that's it.
1: Number seven. If you could sit on a park bench and have a conversation with someone alive or dead, who would it be?
0: No, oh, Jesus. How big is the bench? <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: give you three people on the bench if you want, or one person up you know,
0: to you. <laughs> you know what, like. You know what, like Tony Robbins, I've listened to... I, I listen to audiobooks more than read. I, I, I feel like I get tired when I read and I fall asleep and I don't get much. But in the car, I listen to audiobooks. Tony Robbins was, a, you know, he, he, um, he's he been a big part of my life in regards to listening to him and, and taking guidance from him. And I had the pleasure to meet him. I didn't get a chance to um, talk to him for very long, but I definitely, you know, it was one of these things... I was like, I'm gonna meet him one day, and he came to Dublin, and I didn't get to meet him. I'm like, look, whatever, look, maybe not, but I, I'd love to meet. Him. And then he walked into the back backstage when uh for the for the Cerrone fight. And I was like, oh my god, it's happened. So yeah, maybe Tony Robbins, um, Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss is another one that I'm a huge fan of because, uh, you know, I've I've listened to a lot of his books, and he just he thinks outside the box, and you know. I I just I feel like I I'd learn a lot from them. But you know what? Last my dad maybe my dad my dad has passed away and you know I'd love to sit on the bench. Maybe with my mom my dad. You know what? I miss my dad and I would I would love to sit on the bench um, and you know just thank them and and have have a chat with them. Sometimes you you never get to um, you don't get to talk to your parents the way you like them. And it's only when they're gone you um, you realise sometimes you've missed. Opportunity. So, if we had an opportunity to sit and chat to my dad and and, and and thank him for everything he's done for me, I would I would definitely pick that over them all.
1: Number eight. What tool or resource best helps you run your life or
0: business? Um, what would it be? Resilience. Resilience. You, nothing can stop me, and I'm I'm okay with failing. I'll fix the problem and I'll go again. I am, even when I don't want it do certain things, my brain won't allow me not to. And you know, it's over the years I've I, I feel I've developed this. Like even as a fighter, you know, hit me with a hit me with a, a plank of wood, but I'm coming forward until I'm either knocked out or you're knocked out. And that's the way I I fought, and um, that's the way I coach. I don't stop. I, I give it hundred and ten percent. And in business, I am one hundred percent on wherever I need to be on, and I commit one hundred percent. And until until the bitter end, I'm striving to 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 improve and to to reach the goals that I set for myself. So resilience.
1: Number nine. Share one thing on your bucket list.
0: On my bucket list, you know what? I've achieved a lot on my bucket list. God, you know what? You have. You've
1: had enough experiences for you know ten what?
0: lifetimes. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know, and you know all these immaterial things like, oh, you know what? I'd love to be in. I'd love to. Being a Ferrari, and I, you know, done that. Lovely, it's brilliant. Great for ten minutes. I being a Rolls Royce, brilliant. I was on private jets, and and you know, so lucky to do all of these things. But you know what? To be honest, my one thing, and I'm gonna do it soon, is bring my bring my wife and my kids to Disneyland. We haven't been to Disneyland yet. My kids are at a good age now, and I think it would just to see what, just to see their faces in Disneyland, you know. I I I I die a happy man if if and when 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 I do it, um, that'll be that'll be a a, a nice one for me and for for my kids.
1: And number ten, final question: What's one thing you do to win the day? Oh, um, treat
0: treat it, treat every day like it could be your last. Yeah, you know what? If that. we if we if we woke up, you know what? If we woke up tomorrow, you know, knowing that this was this was the last one you would you would you would do everything you would give it all you would do you would do what you love to do and you would do it with passion and with determination so imagine imagine somebody that could live every day like it was that last. Imagine how successful they would be. So yeah,
1: that's amazing. Yeah, well, I think there are going to be people who are ready to get after it after listening to this interview. There are, there are a bunch of ways to connect with Owen. We'll link to all of these in the show notes. You can follow him on Instagram at Coach Owen Roddy. Visit his website, CoachOwenRoddy.com and check out his company, Shadow Fight Goods. Again, all of that and more will be linked in the show notes. Owen, what an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on the Win the Day Show. You
0: know what? I really, really enjoyed that, James. Thanks for your time. And I hope that you, uh, your listeners enjoyed it. And, you know, If they they want to reach out and communicate with me, uh, hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn or any of the social media pages. I'd be happy to chat and, and, uh, yeah, we take it from there. But thanks for your time and have a great week, yeah.
1: I hope you enjoyed that interview.
0: As you heard, our guests love to hear
1: positive feedback no matter where they're at in their careers. So share a comment on the YouTube version of this episode with your favorite takeaway so our guests know they made a difference in your life today. If you own your own business and would like to learn how to grow it using your podcast, download a free copy of our Recurring Results Roadmap. You can find that link in the show notes. And if you're new to the Win the Day show, hit the subscribe button so you can get access to episodes like this one as soon as they are released. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Finally, the right bit of inspiration can completely change the trajectory of someone's life. So if there's a friend or loved one out there who needs to hear this episode or could use some help to win the day, share it with them right now. That's all for this episode. Remember to get out there and win the day. Until next time, onwards and upwards, always.